Good morning. It's time to wake up, y'all. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 Central to 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central. Available on Google, Android, Apple, iPhone. Tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. Take us anywhere you go. The Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for Southern Sports Talk. Good morning, Mr. Justin Waller. Good morning, and I don't know much, but I know one thing. Arthur Smith spent more time job interviewing than he did game planning and his offensive play calling this weekend. Hi, I'm Mike McGinn. I don't know much, but I know one thing. To that point, New York Radio has came out this morning and said that Arthur Smith may be a leading candidate for the Jets job. They can have him. They can also have Rabel for this week, for that matter, because I'm a little pissed off at him, too. We'll get into that. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Welcome to the Armchair Quarterback Radio Show. I'm Mac McGee sitting alongside Justin Waller. Justin, how the hell are you this morning, sir? Well, my football season's over, but uh, hockey starts this week. Two more days, baby. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Oh, man. I was hoping they would make it through one more week. Uh, Look, 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 let's go ahead and put something out there. Even if they would have gotten by last uh, yesterday's game, that's as far as Tennessee was going. Oh, you were playing with fire with that defense. I mean, they, they played okay against them the first time. I mean, it was one of the better performances of this defense. But when you say uh, better performances by this defense, that ranking doesn't have a very high litmus test. I mean, <laughs> the defense we're, we're, didn't, he wasn't even the problem. No, he gave up 20 points, right? Well, I, I'm talking about the punt. I think that's where you're alluding the fourth and two on the Ravens 40, where he decides to put it on his defense. What the hell was that? Well, I think he got carried up in his – he had more confidence in his defense. at the. I'm, but I it made get, no But sense. has he forgotten what happened the previous 16 games? I mean, the he entire got the, game, you just felt like – they were trying to keep lightning from escaping a bottle, right? And they did a pretty good job. They had the one terrible play on the third and long where Jackson takes it to the house. But, hey, the guy's an athletic freak. And though I would have preferred that they had someone spying on him, which they didn't, it was more of a reactive spy. It's like, keep an eye on him, but you're not. it's not your job. That's what cost him that play. But I get it. He's an athletic freak. They were doing a pretty good job on the defensive line of putting a pressure on him. So, okay, I, I can get past that. But two times, not just one time, two times, they punted on fourth and two close to midfield both times. In the same, well, what was it, you know, it within two or three possessions of each other? They were, were fortunate here. that the first one, they got a three and out. But the next one, they deserved everything they got that was dumb. And then, of course, when they get the ball back, I'm not going to kill Tannehill for the interception. There was a slip. I'm not going to kill anyone for that. Okay, you're down. You're at that point. You're pressing. You're at you know when when you're pressing like that, 
you're more likely to have some I'll armchair quarterback him to death. Absolutely. If he would have looked left, A.J. Brown beat his I coverage. It was it. wide open. I get it, but at the same token, <laughs> it, it was a fluke play that turned that into an interception. It wasn't what lost the game. I mean, they, the offense just never got into it. Let's face it, the defense did its Derek job. Henry, why the hell don't you go for it on fourth and two? That's all I'm saying in the playoffs. And nothing else needs it. And I've actually uh, I found that pro football reference – threw this out there. This is the first time in their database that they go back to 94 that a team in the playoffs punted on fourth and two from the opposing's field position. First, first time ever in the playoffs. Uh, that was a that was a horrible call there. He, he uh, I'm sure he regrets that I one. I mean, all but we hear the, all year. Just the offense never got into a groove. I put a lot of it on Smith. I, I mean, and I know he's distracted with other things off the field. I just I don't know how much he prepped. Or uh, it seems like he went in with a lackadaisical approach of we've played him this is the third time this calendar year. You know, we know what we're up against. And Baltimore had something for him. If you would have told me or if I would have told you that you're going to hold the Ravens to 20 points, you would have guaranteed a victory this weekend. Absolutely. The defense did its job. I don't put any of it on them. They held them to 20. That is acceptable. Your offense has got to score 21 points in the playoffs or you don't deserve to be there. After hearing all this crap all year long about analytical this and analytics, watching these morons go for two-point conversions when they're down 14, they score a touchdown. They get within eight and supposed to kick the extra point. They go for two-point conversions, which makes no damn sense. We'll get into that in a little later. Some of the analytical crap we saw this weekend. But then common sense tells you the ball's on the damn 40-yard line. You either a go get your go get your stud kicker that you signed in the offseason to kick a 57 yarder and away we go. If you don't think he can hit it, two yards, man. Because what is the difference between two yards? It is easier to get that two yards than it is Matt, to stop. Let, let Lawrence, me let me let, let me boil your blood a little bit more. I'm, I'm gonna replay the sequence to you. First down, Travis Henry or Travis Henry, Derrick Henry, eight yards. So it's second and two. You go deep, A.J. Brown. I get it there. It's incomplete. You come back on third down. You pass to John O. Smith. And then on fourth down, you elect to punt. Now, if I've got a 2,000-yard beast in the backyard, in the backfield, I am running. He just ripped off eight yards. Somewhere between second, third, and fourth down, I'm giving it to him at least one more time. Didn't happen. Horrible play calling top to bottom. Exactly. And we've talked about this before. And I'll say it again, they abandon the theory that you keep plugging Derrick Henry. He's eventually going to bust one. It's it's just, it's science. You want to talk about analytics? Brother, that's science. The guy is 250 pounds of granite. I don't think he's 250. I think the dude's a hell of a lot heavier than that. But we'll just say because that's what they tell us he is. And he is a bull he is in the prime of his career this is what you get him for this is what you paid him the extension for to hammer him and you didn't do it and they started abandoning him just because it was a, a yard here and you're, that's the point of it you know they're going to keep coming up and trying to stuff him okay then that's when you go over the top but you got to keep hammering it and what's on fourth and two i'm sorry you go for it and you don't get cute you do what you've done all year, which has worked. Why didn't we see one Tannehill keeper? 
right? Yeah, I was just about to go to that was my next I mean, point. My we, we didn't God. even see the Tannehill runs or the option, the the RPO sprinkled in that we've seen success and multiple touchdowns on this season. Um, just I don't know. It, it, it really just, I mean, Arthur just didn't bring his A game. It, it's all it boils down to, and it's unfortunate. Did you, uh, I assume that you watched this on the regular feed, correct? I did. So I had two feeds next to each other. I was originally, by the way, I, I was intrigued, and I liked the the betting feed. I think they called it, what was it called? It was something like, game line mega draft party whatever the hell it was called on espn plus and that was the the people that are involved in their gambling show they were on there talking you know the gambling lines the updated gambling lines right so and every time someone cleared a a uh, a prop bet they would check it off if if not they would show you what they needed so that that was neat and i wish they would do that for more football games but if you're emotionally invested in it, you can't. You can only watch that for so long because you're wanting to watch the game, right? And I and I was get my plan was to have them both side by side. What well, the problem was, their feed was about a second or two in front of the live feed, and I was like, this can't happen. I can't be knowing what's going to happen. So what I did was I flipped it over to they called it like film room, and that was the NFL countdown guys in there. Whether you like them or not, it was interesting to see them. And luckily, that was like a second or like a second or two behind the the live feed, which was better because you would watch the play and then and then not, and then during the the downtime, the 30, 40 seconds where you're waiting for the next play to, to happen, I I would shift my eyes over to what they were referring to, and the moment the play ended, they would rewind it and start talking about this guy was open, this guy was open, this guy was open. Of course, the the uh, AJ Brown. They 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 pointed that one out. They but they pointed a lot of plays out. It 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 was extremely neat. I I thought it was. Uh, there were things you saw you wouldn't you wouldn't normally see on on the live feed because they're not showing because they don't have time right. And so I, I thought I thought both of them were really cool. I wish they would do that with more games and not just wait for the epic you know playoff game. You know can can we get this for other games? Uh, since ESPN has the rights, why don't they do it more for the NFL for the NFL Monday Night games, right? You know what? What the hell are you putting on ESPN two? George Washington versus Delaware basketball on the other channel. Come on, you, you know let's get focused here. Uh, but the couple of things that I did make notes of that I wanted to get your take on. Man, beginning of the game, they were wearing wearing them out using Ferkser, and they went away from it. I mean, Ferkser was Ferkser was essentially the reason why they scored the first touchdown. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm yeah, yeah, the first touchdown, and then uh, it ended up turning into a field goal. But do you remember at the end of the first quarter, third and long, Ajax goes into blitz Ljax, and he goes inside and misses him. Lamar goes goes to the outside. He completes a hell of a pass down the sideline to uh, eighty nine. Uh, yeah, Andrews, and that ended up extending the play. They ended up getting a field goal. But if he gets that sack there, I mean, up ten nothing. I think I think Tennessee has something there. So it, 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 that right there was just that was a great defensive call, but it was poor execution by Ajax because 
You don't go on a scrambling quarterback. You don't go to the inside to get him. You go to the outside. You force him back into the pressure because if nothing else, if you don't get the sack, someone's going to stumble and bone. His own offensive lineman might knock into him, right? So yeah, he he was allowed to break contain outside wide wide open. I mean, the running plays. It's like you alluded to on his touchdown. I mean, he's an athlete. Oh. He's going to make those. You can't take all of those away. But what you can do is eliminate that outside to where I mean. That was the game plan. Roll right, scramble out, and just throw deep. Can you see in the middle, middle of the play, in the middle of the paper, where it just says dumb? I don't know if you can make that yes. out. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, Tanner Hill catches his own pass. To- that was, that was, I, was I, couldn't, I couldn't write any bigger. I was like, oh my, why are you catching your own pass? You were taught from a young age. Who do you think you are? I think he was trying to uh, be old Mariota. Remember Mariota did that? Totally different circumstance, though, because his momentum was going. Totally different circumstance. He he was on the outside of of containment. When you're 10 to 12 yards behind your line of scrimmage, the guys in your face, he bats. Everybody knows to bat the damn thing down. If he was a rookie, I'd almost give him. If it was like Jalen Hurts doing it, incredible athletic ability. All right, well, he thought, you know. But come on, man. Just that was a killer right there. It absolutely killed him. And, and what I thought was going to be a big help was Lamar Jackson is still Lamar Jackson. I'm telling you all, when he gets up to Buffalo, he's going to make knucklehead mistakes. The interception that he threw, right? And then, I don't know if you remember this play or not, but right before the half when Baltimore was driving and the last thing they needed was to be tackled in bounds, Lamar Jackson got pressure on him and he threw like a sidearm backwards shovel pass to his running back who catches it and gets tackled right there when he would have been much better off just chucking it out of bounds. So it's it's those kind of knucklehead plays I'm telling you, Lamar Jackson is gonna and meet he, is gonna meet his He should have had another interception to Butler. Butler dropped it, but I'm not knocking Butler at all because he played phenomenal yesterday. I mean not that's to mention fine. that would have been like an all timer interception. Actually yeah. There were a couple of them there that you're like, man, if, if if great athletic ability. But then I'm also thinking, then we would have him on. We would have had those guys on the on the receiving core, and maybe some of the other idiots that were out there stumbling, bumbling around. Corey Davis going down hurt us big time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. Um, and you just never really stepped up, and there never really was a, a plan to go elsewhere. You know, I wonder why we didn't go back to Ferkser a lot. Uh, you still only see John who sprinkled in here or there, uh, and unfortunately, in big moments, uh, he had the drops uh, yesterday. So, uh, I mean, it was just it just wasn't crisp for the offense. The offense never got there. Again, I'll go back to my original statement: defense did its job. You held the Baltimore Ravens to twenty points in the postseason. You did exactly what you needed, and. Uh, you needed eight more points out of your offense, and they couldn't produce it. The two fourth and twos are alluded to the most boneheaded play that I come away with it, just scratching my head. Uh, what in the world were you thinking, Brable? But hopefully, uh, I mean, we uh, he's still a young coach. Uh, you got to hope he just gets those things under wraps because we, we've seen some bad calls this year. I don't know if he just gets wrapped up mentally in the game and – I don't know why he thought he would play with fire and rely on his defense one more time. I guess just the three and out he got on the first one, he thought he could do it twice, and uh, this one burned him. The other things that I basically had uh, – one one more thing outside of the going for it or whatnot, but um, the opening kickoff of the second half, mm-hmm. man, did they, did, did they get – 
shown up defensively because think I think I counted it was four plays where they went to the tight end and the fullback and they were wide open. Where Baltimore made the adjustment at the half and said, look, they're they're not covering them. They are focusing on basically Hollywood Brown and company, and they're trying to stop the run, and the fullback comes out, and he makes two really big plays at the beginning. And then, of course, uh, Andrews got involved, and that really led to to the momentum going into the second half. And anyways, they, you know, look, it was a good year. Uh, I saw a couple of knuckleheads that I'm friends with that I had to laugh at one. He he, he comes out with his uh, you know hot takes on Facebook. Like he he you know, he's young enough to know that this is really Twitter he should be on and not Facebook. But anyways, he does his hot takes on Facebook. And he's like, the Tennessee Titans season was a uh, failure. Don't let anyone tell you differently. Wait a minute, boss. Wait a minute. They won the division for the first time in over what was it, a decade? Was it was it oh seven? Two thousand eight. Eight. Okay. For some reason, I had oh seven in my head. Uh, so oh eight was the last time that they won, they won the division. They hosted a playoff game. They did a lot of good things. This team's you had eleven wins. We are a nine and seven franchise. How many years of that misery right. have we seen? Seven and nine, right? Yeah. You know, people. Yeah. So to to, to even insinuate that's asinine. Would you like to have gone further? Yeah, but now realize the guy who says is a kid. You know, I think the the hardest pill to swallow from yesterday was you're you, all season long you you were a dominant offense you were a suspect defense, and then you got the hype up when you were like, all right, this offense is going to get rolling. The defense came to play. You're like, wow, we're playing defense today. I haven't seen that all year. And then, uh, well, we can only play on one side of the ball apparently for sixty minutes because uh, the, the offense never got going. I think that's the to limp out of the playoffs like that when when you know your team didn't play their best game. I'm not taking away from the Ravens. Ravens did exactly what they're supposed to do. They came in, they found a way to get a W. They got a W. Uh, and then that's the wild thing. This series was tied two and two uh, postseason going in Titans versus Ravens, and the road team has always won happened again yesterday so the home team has never won in the postseason uh between these two teams and uh that streak continues uh shifting gears a, a little bit let's go ahead and go into last night's game the man i'll tell you what the incredible i don't know any other word to use other than it was uh <laughs> All right, starting the first quarter here. Uh, I don't know any any word to use it other than the fact that I felt like Pittsburgh was shell-shocked, and it came from that very first play where Pouncey snaps the ball over Roethlisberger's head. I don't know what the hell they were doing. They were trying to jump on it and pounce. I mean, dude, just cover the damn thing. If you got to get a safety, you, you get a safety. But the touchdown was the worst thing that could have came out of that, and that's what happened. And... Uh, who who was oh it was it was what's his name it was uh uh Connor well, it was Connor and Con Roethlisberger yeah, it was Connor and Roethlisberger but it's Connor and Roethlisberger was like no you get it <laughs> right well 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 I think I think he figured Connor had it and you can't put on Roethlisberger because the, the dude's not athletic 
especially not in his late 30s now, right? I think if I'm Roethlisberger, I try to knock the hell out of someone coming that way to buy Connor some time to get the ball, right? I think that's my best bet because Roethlisberger's still a tree, right? He is a tree, and if you're not going to dive down there, then you, kick the thing out the back, take the two points, punt the football, don't yeah, give get up the a penalty, touchdown. Whatever you got to do, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. You know, whatever they do to you, just don't give up six. And they, I felt like the rest of that quarter, they were just shell-shocked. And even, I feel like it took them almost to the end of the second quarter before they started getting their, their gears going, and that's just too late. They did make it interesting. I was surprised by that. I went ahead and laid down. I put the game on, and I was like, okay, I'll have it on, but whatever. And then all of a sudden, Cleveland started Clemsoning, and I'm like, ooh, this could get interesting here. <laughs> and to their credit, they went ahead and uh, – kept kept moving on um but the point of that entire thing with with pittsburgh is is what i'm trying to get at is man when you a veteran team like that to be shell-shocked over one play that that surprised the hell out of me i thought they would have if that happened to cleveland i'd understand because they're young and you're supposed to get that. You're supposed to get you know, you know that kind of junk on the sidelines. But Pittsburgh, I was shocked that they didn't. Hey, man, that two weeks of rest looked good for that uh, Cleveland wide receiving core, didn't it? Uh, yeah. They were fresh. <laughs> they went on Ohio State about it. Evidently. Uh, <laughs> evidently, COVID's good for you. <laughs> yeah, apparently. I mean, the Titans come out of theirs and beat the Bills and the Browns come out and thump uh, Pittsburgh. So, uh, hey, we've seen the Browns do this before. They did it to the Titans. Uh, kind of, it, it's a familiar thing I've seen this year. I mean, Steelers did it to the Titans, uh, and they got a little dose of their own medicine. So, it was good. That game put me to sleep. I had a wild roller coaster mentally yesterday. It went from Titans suck to, well, we don't suck as bad as the Bears, and uh, <laughs> at least we're not the Steelers. So, um, it was it was a it was a wild ride yesterday. Yeah, they. Uh... The with Pittsburgh, I they got to get a running game. They got to get a running game. They, there's no way they could get this team going through whether you've got Big Ben or not until they can establish. And look, the the the, the luster is off of Connor. I mean, he is not Le'Veon Bell. He had a you know he did good when it came in initially, but he is not proven he can he can dominate and take over the running game. Well, I, I agree with that, um, and I don't know if it's all on Connor or if it's more on the running. I feel It could be on blocking schemes. I mean, I haven't well, given that's, it. Well, that's what I see when I see, because for whatever reason, I've gotten a lot of Pittsburgh games down here, and from what I see of it is it seems like, and I guess you get this a lot, you either become really good at pass blocking or really good at run blocking. It doesn't seem like you get both. And I think one of the things is maybe it could be scheme. Maybe it's a philosophy. Maybe they've got to get different people in there, but I'm with you. They, they've got to get a running game because Roethlisberger's still good enough, right? He, I, I still think he has one, maybe two good years left in him. I don't think he's Drew Brees where you're like, this is over, right? You know, you're, you're pushing the, the sun back up in the sky for, for one more game. That That's a feeling I get when, when I watch – Drew, when I watch Ben, they've got to get a running game. It will it will improve that defense massively. 
That defense was so good at the beginning of the year because they were running the ball a little bit. I mean, Connor wasn't a total dud the whole year, but it's like they abandoned it because they yeah. do have a they do have an embarrassment in riches of riches in the passing game. But you've got it. You can't just abandon the running game. They, I'd say they go out and get a running back in the draft. I'd say that's probably one of their top priorities. But then, from a schematic, they've got it. I think you got to make a commitment to to the running game, and that's how you get better at it, right? In other words, you can't just expect it to show up in the first round of the playoffs when you've abandoned it for the last two months. You've got to make a commitment to it. And you've got to run the ball in fourth and two from the forty. That's how you make that's how you make a commitment. You tell your damn punter to go sit down. I said you don't even want to see my punter in a playoff game. That's the crappy thing about having a Pro Bowl punter. Because then you're like, well he is a Pro Bowler. He can stick him in the ten. You gotta forget that dude exists. I'm going to try to forget that a lot of things exist because I'm still boiling about that game. Oh. I mean, the Bears is the only thing that made it better, and I'm sorry, uh, Bears fans, Bears Nation, but uh, damn, y'all didn't even put up a fight. That was, wow. And <laughs> Thanks I'm, for that plus 11 I took. And I'll tell you what, by next year, I've got to find Titans fans to watch games with because sitting here at the house, while my, while my wife is making little comments, I mean, it'll be okay. Yeah, you know, it looks like the Titans aren't doing so good. That stuff gets real old real quick. I had to go out in the garage, dude. I was pissed. <laughs> I was like, you don't even care about this? Let's lock it down here for a minute, okay? Uh, I've got to find some some form of Titans hey, fans in, the, in this area. You can fly back and forth uh, right now for cheaper. So next season, we'll, we'll get you up for a few weekends. Cause, either uh, that or you, we could have used you yesterday. Either that or I'm going to demand that y'all put me on Zoom or Skype or something so I can at least, <laughs> I can at least see y'all and y'all can complain to me. Because even if I could just be surrounded by, by, by Titans fans, I could hear them you know, complaining. I, I would have been fine. Even if I couldn't even speak to them, at least I'd be like, see, this is what I'm talking about. With the whole, you know, it's just a game, you know. That- yeah, it's not gonna. It's not just a game. I mean, I ditched family that was in town yesterday to go. And the wife's like, uh, I don't really think I should go. I'm like, playoffs. I mean, forget about it. I'm out of here. I'll see y'all at four. Exactly. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind missing the Bears Saints uh, Nickelodeon feed, but I'm I'm not missing this game. Titans Ravens. I'm 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 hanging out with my buds and uh, we're we're watching this game. I will say this for if you had a kid sitting in front of the TV, I thought Nickelodeon did a pretty good job on the. Uh, I couldn't handle the commentary. Um, no, the it, commentary was. Trash. It, it drove me to where I had to turn it, but I understand. And I told my wife, she's like, it, it, "This is." She noticed just being the casual watcher, watcher, and I say casual, she's forced to watch a lot of it, so she's actually highly experienced. So to right. the trained ear, she knows when she hears a broadcast that she likes or doesn't like, and she's like. I just don't really like the sound of that. And I'm like, well, he's actually doing a good job dumbing it down for the, that's a bad word choice, but simplifying it for yeah. the children and explaining what's going on. I mean, it was, I was like, that's going to be part of it. So I can't really critique them for that, but I couldn't tune into it long-term, but I thought the graphics and I thought they did a good job explaining it to any children that were watching. Right. And so that's, that's the thing is the adult wasn't it wasn't intended for the adult to, to consume right. it was intended for the kid and if you were sitting there with your kid watching it you were there for your kid to watch it 
if you were a diehard Bears fan or Saints fan, you have to have another television on in the other room and say, yeah, yeah, Junior, watch this, but I've got I got work to do, and you go in the other room and you listen to the real broadcast because you're like, I, I don't know who these clowns are. They At one point, I listened to them go to the, the sideline reporters, some little kid they had there, and he, he was as clueless. I mean, I could have pulled, pulled – pulled my grandmother out of any kitchen who, who who all she do you know to the day she died justin she couldn't keep it straight who was florida who was florida state she would refer to him as tallahassee and gainesville so okay it was that kind of thing and that's what i felt like i was listening to this case yeah it looks like it's gone the way i thought it would we'll see what happens next that, that's exactly what he said i was like all right, well, they got a real sharp one on the, on this one. Like, obviously, this kid's probably a star of one of their television shows, and they go, you go over there, here's a check. You're just going to stand on the sidelines. Just don't think, say anything stupid, and uh, we'll be fine. At least, at least, Nickelodeon didn't lean into anything politically, so I got I to gotta give him that. That's one of the – because I had both of them on, and, and I, would, I would peer over there just to see. And I was curious. I was like, are they going to do anything – to, you, you know what we've been forced to watch all year long. And I was like, are they going to do anything? Are they going to lean into that junk? And as far as I could tell, they did not. So I, I got to give, give them credit. They let it be a kid's game. You know, it's it's a crazy, crazy uh, theory. But let people watch a game because they want to escape and watch a game and be entertained. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk the Bills and Colts and the national title game. It's tonight. Who's going to win and who the hell are you pulling for? We'll be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here to YouTube, CBS Radio, and of course you can download our Armchair Quarterbacks app. We can't gerby darn your frazzle dazzle! Are you a gun enthusiast? Love to shop for guns, but are also looking for friendly service. Well, you're in luck. Here in St. Augustine, Top Gun Supply is the friendly gun shop. Staff is very knowledgeable, happy to see you when you walk through the door, and can assist you with all your gun shopping needs. Top Gun Supply stocks a wide range of firearms, such as Ruger, Beretta, Six Hour, HK, and LWRC. So stop on by at Top Gun Supply at 525 State Road 16 in St. Augustine. Top Gun Supply here in St. Augustine, the friendly gun shop, a proud sponsor of the Armchair Quarterbacks. Beware, my friend, and let me warn you that they can attack it up on California. Let's keep the Dodgers in Brooklyn. Our house is not a home without some love. Don't let them leave our premises, L.A. will be their nemesis, cause Brooklyn fits the Dodgers like a glove. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I go to mybookie.ag. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Look, I wouldn't be telling you to bet mybookie.ag if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with mybookie.ag. Promo code SKIN, that's S-K-I-N. When you use that promo code, mybookie will match 100% of your deposit up to $1,000. That's mybookie.ag, promo code SKIN. Lord, I was born a Cardinal fan. William the Wizard, Big Mac, and Stammer Man. The last segment of the Armchair Quarterbacks app, radio show, and Facebook Live. 
We're talking baseball. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks talking baseball. The last segment of the Armchair Quarterbacks radio show and Facebook Live. Yeah, I was born a Cardinal fan. A swing and a miss, and that's a winner. That's a winner. The World Series winner for the Cardinals. Riding morning shotgun with the armchair quarterbacks. We're here weekdays and streaming on the armchair quarterbacks app. Download it today. Your first choice for sports talk here on the first coast. There must be some kind of way out of here. Said a joker to the feet. I took my shot. I didn't mean to hurt you. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. We're coming to you live, CBS Sports. And then, of course, uh, we have started our YouTube channel. Appreciate everyone who's come out and subscribed. It'll be a slow uh, game, but we're, I think it's the best thing for us in the long run. So we appreciate the ones that have already. And anyone you can get to subscribe, look, it doesn't even matter if they're going to listen to us all the time. Just getting, we, we need the subscription buttons to be hit because it's a whole algorithm. And then once we hit that, then I can start actually doing some things. So uh, anyone you can get to hit, if you got to put them in a headlock, go all uh, Nolan Ryan about it. Just make them subscribe and say, look, dude, I don't care if you're going to lie to me and say you're going to watch a show and you're never going to watch it. Just subscribe to the damn thing and then we'll go from there. I think we could get Timus to help us with this. We'll have to hit him up for that tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, anyone you run into. Hell, uh, um, we can go national. Yeah, exactly. Multinational. Exactly. That's, that is the long-term plan. We, for, for people who are just catching us on uh, YouTube live, we've been doing the show on Facebook live for several years. We've been doing the show. This will be rolling into our, out our eighth sports season after this football season ends and we and we come back from our break uh by the way programming note i think i figured it out justin after the super bowl unless we do a pop-up show here and there i think we're going to take the rest of the month of february off i'm we have designs to change some things back here it's impossible for me to do it working a full-time job and trying to do that and then still trying to to not only do the show but there's also people don't realize is it my downtime normally during the day i'm i'm having to 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 use this area to you know to cut all of our breaks and stuff like that right like the sports flash and stuff so i've got to do a complete thing where i don't have to be in here doing anything for about a week or so and then i want to change some things so anyways all this is going to be changed my wife's been obsessed with it i was like all right uh, you gotta let me get this. I mean, she was wanting to do it the other way. I was like, you can't not do this to me in the middle of football season. I can't have like, you know, people banging on things in the back background while, while we're trying to talk, you know, some guys here, Hey man, could you hold my hammer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, 
Ask him what he thought about the game last night, Mac. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and could you and could you get your butt crack out of my face? You know, <laughs> it's a little musty in here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's the essential game plan. I, I'll get with you off air if we, if we want to do a pop up show here and there during the, it's it's essentially like a three week shutdown. So I don't know if we want to go full three weeks without doing a show. But I, th- I think it'll be a nice break for everyone to uh, recharge their batteries too because i was looking at was like well when do we need to be back and that march 1st that rolls into the final week of college basketball season so everything will be rolling there and then shortly it's either the very next week i think is the nfl combine and then of course away we start running with march madness and all that kind of stuff and uh at that point, we'll, we'll we'll have to have our uh, our drafts, our, our mock drafts that we do. We'll have to start getting Oregon. That's another thing I was like, oh man, we got fantasy baseball season coming. Can't wait. Yeah. Just dawned on me. Yeah, exactly that too. I, I was like, there's so much stuff that I also have to work on from the content of the show. I, I kind of need a break to be able to study the draft and all that kind of stuff while I'm doing all this this because once I win this one, y'all can call me repeat. <laughs> <laughs> Hope everybody listening that hurt you just a little bit that's in the league. So enjoy that. I might beat y'all with no catcher this year. How about that? <laughs> right now, I'm just going to call you Asterisk because you have an Asterisk on your championship. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Okay, Astros. Uh- <laughs> I got a W. And it's more than a piece of metal to me. <laughs> Uh, Bills Colts, that was a hell of a game. It was if Frank wouldn't have got what, all analytical about it. What? Okay, so why do you kick right there? Why does a team down fourteen? They score a touchdown. Why does the analytics tell you to go for two there? Everybody says the analytics go say go for two. Is it because you have two possibilities to get the two points, so then you could go because, for the win on the be, second one? Because, because I don't understand. Why don't you just go for it on the second one? Kick the extra point. Their fight, their argument is if you go for two, when you when you're down fourteen, you score six, and now you're down eight technically. You go yeah. for two. If you go for two twice, you have a good chance of getting one of them. So that's the first argument. And if you get it the first time, it gives you a much higher probability of winning the game in regulation. But my point is, if you don't get it, man, you put yourself behind the eight ball. And now, let's just say it is a game, and I I'm, I keep waiting for it to unfold like this, right? I keep waiting for it to happen. Where a team is down in the playoffs, we'll say 34-20, Team scores a touchdown. They go for two. They don't get it. And then you got to go for two the second time, and you don't get it. And the fans are going to be screaming bloody murder. If you just would have kicked the damn extra point, we'd be going in overtime. And, oh, by the way, we have the momentum because the team that, that we're chasing has given up a 14-point lead. We we could be going to OT, but now – they're just all they have to do is you want to get into analytics. Now you got to go for an onside kick. That this year, the the completion rate of it is down to four percent, is the lowest it has been since the early nineties. Four percent, and I don't know how much lower it would have been if the Atlanta Falcons weren't such dumbasses. Because that because because that's at least one percent right there. So it's probably more of a three percent, two percent chance. Because I don't remember seeing a whole heck of a lot of onside kicks this year. 
But 4%, I saw the stat yesterday, I was like, wow. And I can think of the one that, that everyone thinks of when they think of the onside kick. I was like, other than that, I really don't remember one. Um, but, you, but you paint yourself into that corner. And if you only get one of the two, then what have you really done? Kick the damn extra point. It's just it, that part is so dumb to me, and it's these, it's these analytical dorks that have never strapped up and played the game and don't understand how hard it is to score to begin with. You don't throw away points early in the game. But the thing with, with, the, uh, with the Bills, the, the, the first thing that I want to talk about is to hell with all that, dude. Why don't you go for it? I, I mean, go for the, uh, the field goal at the end of the first half. There was three minutes left on the clock. At the time you were down ten to, I'm sorry, you were up ten to seven. It was it wasn't fourth and one, y'all. It was fourth and four on the goal. It was fourth and goal on the four. They come back with, oh, it's the play we wanted, just didn't execute. Yeah, but it's a four yard play in the red zone. That is not a gimme. You didn't have to have it. You kicked the field goal. Oh, by the way, you lost by a field goal. And and you and you changed the entire momentum of the game because it was thirteen to seven. You turned the ball over. Josh Allen goes ninety six yards for a touchdown, and now you are down fourteen to ten at the half, as opposed to worst case scenario fourteen thirteen. Which at that point you you know you're like I'm on the road down by one. Love it. Now now you're climbing an uphill battle, and then we started all the two point conversion crap that they were yeah. doing. And I mean they got lucky and got the second one, so I can't beat them up for it. They washed out and got their two points had they just kicked it but the, yeah the between misfield goals and the one they should have kicked on the fourth down that they didn't get and turn the ball over um the colts just left a lot of points on the table and i got to give it to them i didn't think they would have uh that defense would be able to uh hang in there with buffalo like that but uh yeah they did now it's really I, all for nothing. I mean, I, I was I was hoping my bracket was busted because uh, I had an anticipations of the Titans beating the Ravens, but uh, that didn't happen. So it's all I, for nothing. I know that a lot of people uh, would point to the fact that you remember I think I think it was third quarter, maybe it was early fourth, where the Colts had have that long drive and and they missed the field goal and they're like, well that that cost okay. But the thing was, he missed a field goal. It is what it is. It's the middle of the game. You can't point to that play when you have a gimme a forty. I think it was a. I had it written down somewhere. It was. It, it was. An, it, I know it was almost a fifty-yard field goal. A fifty-yard field goal is not the same thing as points in your back pocket because you're talking about from the four-yard line. What is that? A twenty-one-yard field goal. Yeah, just the but. That decision there amplifies that missed field goal because you left a given three on the, you know, a said given three on the field right there. So it, it just amplifies it. And, and I think that's why you pointed out. And and had he kicked that field goal, then what are we really talking about? If he, if he hits the one that he missed, we're talking about a three-point win. We're not talking about a tie because, once again, you left three points on. I always stick to this till the day I die. You get the points you can get early in the game. You never get – because what you are doing is you are insinuating that your def defense cannot stop their offense, and you have to score touchdowns, not field goals. If it was fourth and one, okay. 
and you believe that you can get in there by sticking sticking the uh, uh, tailor in there and getting his nose into the end zone, I get that. But fourth and four, you got to come up with a gimmick. Fourth and four is a gimmick. Fourth and one is a, or even fourth and a short two, that's a, let's hand it to the big boy. Fourth and four, you can't go, well, I'm going to try to run a draw play here. Let's, let's hope for the best. So that game right there really irritated the hell out of me. Um, although I was pulling for Buffalo because I thought it was cool that Buffalo uh, could get the first win since 1995, Bill's Mafia, the whole thing. Uh, and that's a long time to go without it. I didn't even realize until, until it started being talked about this year that it had been since 95 since they had won a playoff game because I always revert back to, what was it, 99 of the Music City Miracle. I was just in my head. I think I, I know it was the first round of the playoffs, but in my head I think of, well, the Bills had to have won a playoff game that year somewhere to get to that game, right? Or right in that area because the Bills were in the playoffs a lot during that era because you know, that was the Doug Flutie era. And it's it's hard for me to believe that Buffalo had gone 25 years without a playoff win. I mean, that's the end of the Jim Kelly era. That means Bills and Browns both snapped their streak uh, in the same season. 2021 is already wild as 2020. <laughs> Were the Browns 95 as well? Well, I mean, it's been forever since they've been in the playoffs, so their playoff wins got to be – as long I can't, uh, I don't have the date there. I just know it's, it's been a minute. I was watching. I would the, say it's probably longer. Cause I, I, I would assume it's longer, but that's well, I, pure I speculation was watching, while you're, I, I was watching that. the Browns, uh, Steelers game from way back. I didn't catch the end. I'm pretty sure the Steelers won that game. Cause I, uh, I had to get back to work. I was trying to remember. I remember the game very very well. I just don't remember the outcome, but I'm pretty sure the Steelers won. So I'm going to try to pull pull up when, when the last time that they've won a playoff game. Cause it's, it's been a while too. Uh, the game that I'm referring to, uh, Mr. Kelly Holcomb was under center, uh, for the, uh, for the Browns. And he was going up against a Tommy Maddox. And I mean, there, it was really cool to watch. It, it was during my break. I caught like a good 30 minutes of it the other day. And it was cool to watch. First of all, the broadcasting was phenomenal. Uh, Don Cricky, and I forget who, who was in there with them, but they just did a great job. And then also, you start seeing names pop up. You're like, man, that was football. It was Heinz Ward, the bus. You know, I mean, it, it was just. And then, of course, I forgot that the man running, roaming the sidelines that day for uh, for the, uh, the Browns was uh, Butch Davis from the University of Miami. And it was funny, he, they had just uh, they had just began the helmet-to-helmet, no-helmet-to-helmet contact rule because they were talking about how there was a play, the penalty came in, and short story long, they were talking about how this can't come to a shock to anyone. They, they, they've been emphasizing this all year. But... Um, See, let's go back to man. That was the last time they were in the playoffs. I didn't realize that was the last time that okay, that was the the game I was watching was the last time the Browns were in the playoffs. It was 2002 season, 2003, January 5th. They did lose to the Steelers. They had a huge lead, by the way. Huge lead. And I thought that's why they were showing it. It was 24 to 7 or 27 to 7. The Steelers came back and, and won uh 36 33. 
other than that, their last it's it, yeah, it's well ninety five. It says January ninety five, and they kept saying ninety five last night for uh for the uh for the Bills, so I'm assuming that was January ninety five unless it was the season of ninety five. So yeah, it it looks like it was the same exact season. Um the last win was January ninety five. It was against the New England Patriots. And then the next week, they went on to lose the Steelers. And then they didn't get back at the playoffs for eight more years, and they blew the game against the Steelers. So when Chris Collinsworth last night was saying, you don't understand how important this win is to, to be, to, for Browns fans because of who they're playing, you know, that's when, – when, when I think of Browns lore, what I think of is them, them losing that game on the drive to the Broncos. I think of the fumble – that that they had is they were about to go into the end zone to send themselves to the Super Bowl. Uh, what years were those? See, Denver, the drive, that was 90, 1988. And I can't find the other one. I don't know why I can't find the other one. But anyways, um, conference championship. That score can't be right. That score looks like a blowout, and Cleveland had a chance to. I I, I believe the next one was 1990, where Cleveland had a chance to win the game, and they went rolling into the. Uh, what was his name? Was it Mac, the guy that fumbled the ball in like at the two yard line? He was about to walk into the end zone, and someone barely banged his arm, and he fumbled it, and it ended up losing them the game. It was terrible. I, I was a quasi Cleveland Browns. I wouldn't say fan, but I was a I, I was a sympathetic supporter for them for a good handful of years. I used to like to watch Bernie Kosar play. I know that's weird for people who are like, you're a Florida State fan, you like to watch Kosar. I just man, I like the fact that he threw everything underhanded. I thought it was cool. I just I, I fell in love with that team, but I was I couldn't call myself a Browns fan, but I pulled for them. Um man. Some good games back then. But anyways, we'll move on. National title game today. Uh, we've got the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, fast break. He starts a fast break with plenty of room in front of him. Here they go again. It's showtime. As we uh, hit hit the fast break as we go to in, in this uh, segment. Uh, national title game tonight. We've talked about this quite a bit, but... You're looking at now the I'm gonna double check. The last thing that I saw was eight and a half. Now, I don't know if that thing has gone up. I've got a feeling tonight it's gonna go down. Cause money's gonna come in on on Ohio State. Normally that's what happens. Is when you got someone so I'm I'm holding off actually. I'm waiting till that number to come down. Cause I do think Alabama's gonna win. And I think it's gonna be fairly handily. But I I don't want to get them at eight and a half. I feel I feel like that's a uh, that's a really really high number. What say you? Do you think Alabama can clear eight and a half? I think they can. Um, will there be another story? Um, man, I just don't know how to grade out Ohio State in this game. Does the they look fresh and good against Clemson? But uh, we're talking a whole different ball team here in Alabama and I don't think that they can control both lines of scrimmages the way that they did so I think Alabama can roll to eight and a half but man I'm not liking it the threat of fields being able to deep threat anytime he wants uh keeps them in the game so 
I'm like you. I'd like to see it at a single score before I lock into that. As of right now, I'd probably lean. If I if I had to pick a bet one way or the other, I'd take Ohio State plus eight and a half. God, if I could get that thing down to six and a half, what I would like to do is like tease it with a backdoor game this coming weekend, right? So you you get half your tease down. The one that really jumps out at me, and tell me where I'm crazy, that over under 75 seems extremely high to me. For an Alabama defense, I think he's going to throw a lot of looks at. They're going to get pressure on fields that he didn't have on him against Clemson. So I think he's going to struggle to score. And I also believe Ohio State's got a pretty good defense too. So I just, I if I, when I say Alabama's going to cover, I think like 30 to 20. I'm not thinking like 50 to 40. Yeah, that's 42, 33. They're, they're, they're projecting that's, there yeah. with a 75. Mm-hmm. Um that's high that's a lot i'm gonna, I'm gonna shade to the under in that because i don't know that uh ohio state throws up 33 i don't know that uh alabama throws up 42 either um both of them have successful running games we should keep the clock rolling um with a 75 i'm leaning towards the under alabama scored 31 against notre dame notre dame has a, a decent defense but it's not like lights out so they scored 31 against Notre Dame. Granted, they had the game in hand. Maybe they were eating the clock a little bit. They probably could have gotten a 38 close to 40. But that, I just think a lot of things have to go well for you to do that. And so I, I'm i really uh, interested in the under. It was a little higher earlier last week. I think it was up to 76 and a half at one point, I think is what I saw. But I still think 75 is extremely high. The models that I've looked at, that I haven't projected – I've got that score somewhere closer to like 35-25, which means that falls quite a bit short. I mean, that's – what is that? That's 60, right? Uh, and if I can get anything close to – if I if I look at a spread in, in the models that I look at and project can keep me within five points under or five points over, I usually like to jump on it. When it's as, When it's as high as that, I mean, do you see Justin Fields putting up 33 points against the Alabama defense? I don't. Looks like something goofy like the Cleveland Brown game happened last night. There's, there's, there's I see a repeat of the Northwestern again. Uh, good, strong defense, shut them down, and I don't think that they can open up in the second half and just whip the Bama defensive line the way they did Northwestern. They're not going to rush for 200 yards against Alabama. I just I, I don't see that. If they do it, kudos to them. You deserve to win it. I'll be pulling for you, but uh, I got to be really realistic here. Yeah, I, I just don't see it. I, I don't think it's. Uh... I don't think they'll get boat raced. I don't think Alabama's just going to blow them out of the water. I think they'll they'll be competitive and it'll go back and forth a little bit. But Alabama just went out and it, it'll be their fashion. It'll be a close game. They'll come out after the half, make some adjustments, and Alabama will just start putting it on them. I agree. Well, well, before we end this, let's go ahead and uh, get our sorry dudes in real quick before we have to run to break. So we'll go ahead and uh, hit that now. Oh, man, I can never find there. What you got this week? Taylor Heineke. Sorry, dude. That was an amazing performance, man. You went against the goat and uh, came down to the wire. So uh, thank you for that, and uh, hopefully we see you on a roster next season. Man, everyone keeps saying that man needs to get a job. He's got a job. He plays for Washington. What are they talking about? Alex Smith is is had made comments like he's not sure if he's even going to play in the National Football League next year. If he does, 
I'll tell you what I thought when I saw them walking off the field and shaking hands. I thought maybe Tom Brady was saying to Alex, hey, man, why don't you come down here and just kind of watch my back next year? You know what I mean? <laughs> we'll get you a my ring, bro. We will get you a ring. You know? I've, uh, Alex Smith doesn't want to play 16 games if he, if he comes back another season. Alex Smith might decide, you know, I proved I can come back. Now it's enough already. But uh, I don't know why. Look, if Heine, if Heineken can do what he did on a regular basis, I thought he looked phenomenal. His mobility was amazing. I, that, it just tells me you don't need to wait, you don't need to burn a, a draft pick on a quarterback. Or if you do, you get one late because this is a deep quarterback. Dra- draft some dude will deep in the you know, hell. Wait for Derek King to come out next year and draft him in the sixth round. You know, just don't dra- go all Snyder about it and give up the next eight first round picks to trade up and get Justin Fields. Yeah, We've seen how those quarterback trades work in Washington. Exactly. Don't like push all your chips and say we got to have Zach Wilson now. Just I think you've got a pretty decent quarterback. And if you if you can continue to improve that defense, woo, look out. Uh, Colts fans, sorry, dude. Your quarter, your, your your quarterback is a noodle arm, and your and your head coach is a noodle head. You do not, do not go for it when when you can get the easy points. We talked about it earlier, but I gotta throw that out there. What else? What else you got? Titans fans, sorry, dudes. It uh, ended too soon this year, but. Uh, Damn you, Vrabel. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Steelers fans. Sorry, dude. They didn't tell you, but evidently the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers opted out of the 2021 playoffs last night, uh, shortly before kickoff. What the hell? 28-9. Can you imagine if you were a Steelers fan racing home from work? That's okay. I'll get there by the second quarter. You turn on and you go, what the hell is this crap? What year is this from? This can't be real. Uh. Congrats to, uh, to to the Brownies. You anything else? Uh, my last one's for Giants fans. Sorry, dude. You probably could have put up more of a fight than the Bears did. <laughs> I guess that goes to thank you, Philly. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Philly, uh, Doug Peterson. Sorry, dude. The reports are coming out that they that their people convinced. Then we're gonna find out later today that Doug Peterson is gonna get fired. Why are you gonna wait an extra week? This is—I mean, this is typical Philly, right? But that—but that's what they're saying, and I'll—I'll I'll double down on that. Jets fans, sorry, dude, but if you end up with Arthur Smith as your head coach, you got a long. This is just the beginning of your rebuild, baby. This is like them bringing in Willie Taggart, going, "We gonna fix things around here." Things gonna get First better. thing I'm gonna do: get rid of the playbook. <laughs> I'm going to get rid of the playbook because Sam Darnold doesn't pay attention to it anyways. What's your walk-off, sir? Oh, me. Um, I want to throw a punch of weatherman today. For the second work day in a row, I have surprisingly woke up to snow that uh, was not supposed to be here. And uh, a little 30% between 9 and 10 a.m. today chance has turned in. I'm already looking at an inch, and it's snowing uh, profusely. So, yeah. Evidently, there is a snowstorm that hit Texas as well this weekend, and it was going to be the worst one since the Leon Let It Be Thanksgiving game. Remember, was it 93? Evidently, that was the worst. They're comparing it to that. So that's that's crazy. Uh, This is unusual. Two snow days within four days, two different systems in Middle Tennessee. I know... 
I know this this sounds like some Florida privilege stuff, but it's unusual for it to consistently be down in the 40s here. I mean, normally you get a day or two. It's been a, it's you know, well, you know, you know, your boy Biden did warn you it was going to be a, a a long, dark, cold winter. <laughs> well, hope you boys know how to handle ice. <laughs> Hope we, you get to say some. I'd like to experience some of this winter weather with you. We, we don't. We don't. And with the country being shut down, we'll just wait for that to melt. It, do it, schools close when y'all get to forty, or does it actually have to get to thirty-two? It would. It would actually have to snow. For, okay. And even then, you got. It, they they usually just open late just to make sure that it that it melts because 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 by 10 a.m even if, if right. it were to snow here by 10 a.m you're, you're jumping back in the pool <laughs> that's just the way it is down here i've experienced that in arizona I, I've, I've seen uh snow and then gone by noon and uh it's a beautiful day so i'm, I'm jealous and uh, can only imagine we you know conversely we have to deal with hurricane seasons but uh this is the this is the trade-off you don't get you don't get terrible snow but you know your house might get you know obliterated and and of course you know just a quick reminder alligators might get you man alligators might get you (laughs) i mean does the cold weather not freeze them to death does it not work like that people don't realize alligators aren't that motivated to get you you have to go looking for them for them to get you I've been down here a long time, man. I don't run into them. Like, and if I did, I'd be like, ooh, I'm out of here. <laughs> Do peace. <laughs> I'm not going to go in the trash, pick a stick. Yeah, get off my lawn. No, no, no. You, no, this is your lawn now. I'll, I'll, I'll wait for you to mosey on down. So let me get my dog, and I'm getting out of here <laughs> later. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my dog would be the first one pushing me over to get the hell out of there. All right, brother. Uh, see you tomorrow. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the national championship game. I know you're pulling for the Buckeyes. Uh Roll Tide. That's all. Pulling for the refs. I want the refs to screw them both evenly. I'm not pulling for either team. I just want to see a great football game. I'm not going on record with my name. <laughs> either one of these teams. There's a million reasons why I don't want to see Ohio State win the national championship. The number one is the four-letter network because they will just be just lo- – not to mention, with my luck, Jacksonville will draft that idiot. And they're like, oh, he looks better than freaking than, uh, than, uh, Trevor Lawrence, so let's do that. Uh, no, no, no. I have to deal with the Alabama fans tomorrow. That's my only reservation from just going all in and pushing the chips. Is I've got to deal with it. I got to live with I know. it. it I, it's know. brutal. But I, I, I don't have to I, deal with many Ohio State fans. The the deal with uh, with Alabama fans for me now is if you say you're an Alabama fan, no one really believes that you're a diehard fan of anything. That if you say you're di- you're diehard Alabama, eh? Are you really? Are you really diehard about anything? Because you just picked that. Unless you're from Tuscaloosa or graduated from the school, I'm not buying your fan of You better be able to tell me a coach's name other than Nick Saban or Bear Bryant. Yeah. And if you say Sark, you already lost because he's on his way out the door. All right, brother. See you tomorrow. See you, bud. We'll be back in a flash show on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Doug is on the way. We're going to talk about the NFC playoffs and a look ahead to next week. CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good morning, and this is your Armchair Quarterbacks Sports Flash. The LA Rams received good news 
All-Pro defensive end Aaron Donald is reported to have his x-rays come back negative according to the NFL Network. Aaron Donald left the game Saturday in the third quarter after slinging Russell Wilson to the ground. The two-time defensive player of the year hurt his ribs rolling over Wilson and appeared to have trouble breathing on the sideline. Donald took multiple trips to the locker room. He ended the game on the sideline but didn't re-enter as the Rams pulled away with the win. Head coach Sean McVay told the NFL Network that he's hopeful Donald will be ready for the divisional round. Being reported by NFL Network's Ian Rappaport that Drew Brees is likely to retire after the 2021 playoffs. Quote, I have yet to talk to one person who believes Drew Brees is going to play next season. He has not made his decision clear and not announced definitely, but certainly that seems to be the way it is headed. The Saints advanced to the divisional rounds of the playoffs. If Drew Brees does step aside, it is expected that Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill will take over the controls under center. You missed it over the weekend. Head coach of Michigan, Jim Harbaugh, has reached a contract extension to remain the Wolverines head coach through the 2025 season. Harbaugh's contract will pay him a base salary of $4 million in 2021, which will increase to 4.4 into 2025. He can earn a maximum bonus of $3.5 million in each year of the contract, including $1 million bonuses for winning the Big Ten Championship and the College Football National Championship. $500,000 bonuses for winning the Big Ten East Division. Also over the weekend, rumors are swirling in Jacksonville, Florida, that Urban Meyer could be headed back to the coaching rankings to take over the Jacksonville Jaguars. It is being reported that Meyer is reaching out to several assistants to form a staff. One of the names that's being rumored, Armchair Quarterbacks Radio can confirm, Will Muschamp is being considered as a defensive coach. The Jacksonville Jaguars have the number one pick overall and plenty of cap space for Urban Meyer to possibly bring Jacksonville out of the ruins. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for, and done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. Switched to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face and done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. You get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. So much, I'm going to have to speed things up. You can get the Farmer's Signal app, and that could get you up to 15% off your auto policy. That's just for using the app and driving like the normal speed-limited hearing, full-stop-making, lane-change, signaling human being you are. Get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. Start with a quote by calling 1-800-FARMERS. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. 
Kick off fall and kick off happiness with Shopper Hopper Grapefruit and Pomegranate Beer. Log on to kickoffhappiness.com for your chance to win a cool custom cooler with Shopper Hopper swag, including your favorite team's jersey. Look for the Shopper Hopper displays at your local retailers for great savings on Shopper Hopper Grapefruit and Pomegranate. And learn more about the sweepstakes at kickoffhappiness.com. See site for official rules. Must be 21 or older. Brewed and bottled in Germany. Imported by Radeberger Group USA. Norwalk, Connecticut. Always enjoy responsibly. Bruce, could you come in here for a second, please? That, that was going to be a great track. Guys, what's the deal? Uh, are, are you sure that was sounding okay? I'll be honest, fellas, it was sounding great, but I could have used a little more cowbell. Welcome back here to Armchair Quarterbacks Radio, CBS Sports, and of course, YouTube Live and the Armchair Quarterbacks app. If you haven't uh, done so already, tap that app, take us anywhere you go. You can listen to us even if you can't see us on uh, YouTube Live. And uh, joining us today is a freshly shaven Doug, Red Raider Doug. How are you, sir? New, new year? You. you uh, you shaved, or are you in witness protection? What's going on here? Uh, I'm in witness protection after watching that Nickelodeon game. <laughs> <laughs> Did you check it out? Yeah, I watched that. That was different. <laughs> Very different. Uh, we talked about it a little bit in the last hour. I didn't get into it much. Uh, I thought it was cool for kids. You know, it obviously wasn't intended for adults to consume. I wouldn't want to watch it like for the Super Bowl or something where I'm actually, but Bears Saints was actually the perfect game because of all the games I cared the least about was Bears Saints. So you could watch it. And I, I would flip over to their audio, but mainly I, I, I had the two TVs on. Mainly I kept it on the audio of the of uh, Tony Romo and Jim Nance. Um, but. It's like Justin said, they were dumbing it down and, you know, that can get annoying to you if you're an adult listening to it. But at the same token, when you watch a kid's movie and they make a really goofy joke and kids are laughing and you're like, eh, about that one, you, you got to understand who, who what, what demographic they're targeting. So I thought it was fine. I thought it was funny when they were putting like, uh, what was the SpongeBob that they use for the back of the, uh, of the netting for, for, for when they went to go kick a field goal. Uh, yeah. I did, I didn't see as much and maybe it was just when I glanced at it, but I thought there would be more, uh, cartoon splatterings during the game, but it seemed like they just waited for big things to happen, like scoring. Right. Yeah, and of all, and of all games, yeah, man, I think you got to dial it up a little bit. I think if there's a big play, you just go ahead and put splattering or cartoons because Saints Bears is not going to reek of big time scoring at any point. So, um, actually, they're showing the the replay right now when Kamara scored and the the green goop was you know overflowing in the end yep. zone. But I I felt like they should have done more with that and they should have leaned into it more. Don't worry about your credibility, your Nickelodeon. Just lean into it and away you go. I I would have liked it more if they would have done more of the graphics 
because I wasn't going to listen to those idiots for very long. They were they were really bad. I mean, and I know they were dumbing it down, but what say you? Yeah. <sighs> Just listen to Nate Bros and not trash uh, any quarterback on any team and actually be nice was you know he was holding back the entire time he had to remind himself he was on a kid show i'm on a kid show i'm on a kid show kids are listening kids are listening i can't i can't tell trubisky what trash he is because the kids will all cry and leave uh, i can't who who was the other guy with him do you know uh listen i the other guy i think was from nickelodeon i can't remember his name okay I thought I recognized his voice. I was only in there for a little bit. I didn't even realize that that was uh, Burleson. I recognized the play-by-play guy's voice, but I just I, I couldn't place it, and I honestly didn't look it up because I wasn't that interested. It wasn't that wasn't that uh, enthralling to you know go all in on that. But the Bears Saints, though, uh, I mean, we're supposed to go over every single NFC game today, but honestly, that game was boring as hell. I mean, I can't. I can't, I can't, I can't sugarcoat it. I mean, since we're going to, the Saints didn't look good. The Bears no. looked worse. Obviously, they lost. I can't imagine Trubisky's coming back to Chicago. I don't know what the hell they're going to do with Nick Foles, if they're just going to eat it or they're just going to have, like, the most expensive backup quarterback in the history of football. Um yeah. The Bears are going to have to. Their Bears are going to be one of those teams that are either going to be on the free agent market, or they are going to go the route of the draft. What would be interesting is a, a guy that would be perfect for them, but it would be so weird because of where he spent his career at. Matt Stafford would be perfect in Chicago. Yeah, I don't think Detroit would let him go. Let him walk. But he would be perfect. Do you have any other guys that you, you know that you like for for that role, or are you thinking more of the draft or what? Um, Matt Stafford would be great. Outside of that, I would knowing how the Bears are as an organization, I wouldn't be surprised if they would draft this year. That's just the way you know. That's the way they. Uh, I because I don't see I don't see any other way for him at this point. Unless they get Stafford, that's fine. But if I'm running the Bears, I'm going to go ahead and and draft me a quarterback this year. There's too many to choose from. There's too much. Uh, this draft year has got a lot of heavy quarterback talent, and I would try to go out and get me one of those. Yeah, I think you have to draft one. The Bears are going to be fairly far far down the ranks. They're going to be about midway through, but there's still a lot of quarterbacks. I don't know if you use a first-round draft pick, but you, you could let it fall to the second or third. There's there's about a dozen quarterbacks that are expected to be drafted coming out this year, so you don't necessarily have yeah. to waste your first-rounder. What I'm thinking is what you might do if you're Chicago is you sign a veteran somewhere. Yes. Not, not. I'm not breaking the bank unless, unless I can get like a Matt Stafford. But right. I'm gonna get a veteran somewhere. Uh, if Washington isn't, isn't smart enough to hold on to uh, Henneke, then I'm I'm gonna grab him. But uh, let's just say it's someone. There's there's so many options they can go. So I don't even want to speculate at this point. But 
Let's just say that it's it's not someone of this uh, of the stature of a of a Stafford. Let's say it's someone farther down the ranks. Even, even, let's say it is a Henneke. Let's say the problem with Henneke is this guy might try to strike while the iron's hot, and he might want like a three or four year deal worth some money. And are if you do that, you can't really draft a quarterback high because you're kind of going all in on this dude. So I'd, I'd be I'd be willing to more go after someone. Hell, I don't know. Uh, maybe Marcus Mariota, right? You know, so, so someone who has got some. You know, you can he, he can lead a team. You just question his his durability. So you also draft, but right. the Bears look. If you look at the rest of their team, their defense is solid. You you could shore up some issues they have through the draft, but all in all, they're solid. I mean, they held the Saints to 21 points on the road, right? right. And so it's it's not the sieve that some of these talking heads try to make it out to be. It's a solid defense. It's not as good as it was a couple of years ago, but you just got to reiterate that in the draft. And then you look at the receiving core. You've got Allen Robinson, and I would say you probably need a little help there. But guys like Miller and whatnot are okay as three and four, so you really want to – I would almost want to go ahead, if, I, if I'm Chicago, to draft a receiver at the beginning of the draft and get my quarterback second or third round and then try to get something free agency. So you've got some opportunities. And that division is not as unwinnable as it feels. Because, yeah, the Packers have been really good the past couple of years, right? But Rogers is getting older, and you're not that far away from him stepping away. He wins the Super Bowl. Who knows? He might decide to ride off into the sunset. I, you know, you, you never know. Not to mention, after you win the Super Bowl, you usually get complacent, et cetera, et cetera. So, the Packers are due for a drop off next year. The Vikings are a mess, and so and we don't have to talk about the stupid Lions. They have no shot in hell of doing anything. Um, <coughs> They yeah. are rebuilding again. Yeah. Rebuilding since 1994 when they signed uh, Scott Mitchell. That's a, yeah. that's, you know, they've been rebuilding ever since they made that terrible decision and it has never changed. Uh, Wayne Fonts isn't walking through that door, guys. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think the Bears actually have, they're not that far from, from contending for the division. You, you break it down next year. Yeah, on paper, you like what the Vikings have, but they're not making a coaching change. I feel like you're going to see the same old Vikings. So I don't have a problem with their coach, but I don't think he's dynamic. So it's going to be a three-team race again. Kirk Cousins is no spring chicken himself. No. I would go all in on a quarterback by the second round if I were Chicago. Of course, we'll get more yep. in, into these in these drafts. I, I can't wait for the for the uh for the mock drafts and all that stuff um doug just so you're aware of it uh i i announced a little little while ago on the show we're gonna get through super bowl week and then after the super bowl we're gonna take the month of february off after the super bowl because uh, okay. I'm trying to I'm trying to redo some things here in the office and whatnot, and working full time and doing this full time, it's it's almost impossible. So I need some 
some some time, and, and it also gives everyone chance to uh, recharge their batteries. So it's about two to three weeks. We might do a pop up show one or once or twice during the month, but essentially after February fifth or sixth, whatever that Friday is before the Super Bowl, we're we're going to shut it down for a month because uh, our three weeks because we want to make sure we're back for college basketball for the NFL combine all that stuff but there's a there's a lull period in February we usually take a week off we're, we're taking a little longer because we want to do some things here in the studio and make it uh more more youtube uh so to speak so uh that's the gist of that but anyways um the the Bears, Saints, we'll put that aside. I'm looking forward to the Saints versus the Bucks Sunday night. That's yeah. a game. That's a game right there. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Brady versus the Saints. It's a close game in New Orleans. Then then Brady gets their doors blown off in the rematch. It was a Sunday night game, I think it was. It might yes. have been Monday, but I'm pretty sure it was Sunday night game. And you know Brady's licking his chops ready for a rematch. And then you got yep. Breeze. And you've never had two quarterbacks, assuming COVID doesn't hit one of these guys, hopefully, um, two quarterbacks over the age of 40 meet in the playoffs. So you got the old man game. The star power is there. The two of them rank one and two in most of the big categories in NFL history. Right. Right. So uh, that's going to be fun. That's that's going to be a lot of fun. The so basically, we I I just say we move on from that game because the Bears Saints was terrible. I just no point. The Bucks Washington game though, that game was higher scoring than I expected. I did not think Tampa was going to score that. I thought Tampa would win. But you wouldn't have shocked me if you would have told me they won 14 to 10. I thought it was going to be that kind of a low scoring game. Uh, Tampa's put some points up on Washington, which surprised me. And Tampa's vulnerable. We all know that. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see how the Saints play this weekend because it seems like Peyton has their number and is able to design plays to get their defense off stride. Their defense didn't look phenomenal anyways. They're going up against Henneke, who and, – and see, that's the thing about Henneke. If you go crazy and say, I really want to watch this guy play for my team for the next three or four years and let's lock him up, was it Henneke being that great or was it the fact that, let's be honest, Tampa doesn't have a very good defense. It's okay, but it's not what you would call a, a great playoff defense. So we're going to get into the Saints game and you're going to get the Bucks in there and everyone's going to be pro Brady this and pro Brady that. Something tells me he's not going to be able to maneuver up and down the field against that Saints defense. And so a no, lot of pressure is going to be on that Bucks defense, I guess is where I'm getting at with this. Yeah. No, I if, if that Saints defense plays even half as well as it did against the Bears, I don't think Tampa Bay has a chance. Now, if they don't, or Tampa Bay, you know, uh, play calling wise, find something on the Saints, which could happen, then I think it's going to be a shootout. I, I could see easily 
you know, between 65, 70 points scored in this game. But I think in the end, the Saints are still just got that, have that, I guess what you call that last play edge, if that were to happen. Now, the Saints defense comes to knocking. It's going to be a long, long day for Tampa Bay. I give Tampa the edge at quarterback. I think Brady's a much better quarterback than Breeze is at this point in their careers. Brady's just a phenomenal athlete, and he's and he's treated himself like a like a temple. And this is what you get you you get to extend your career. Right. I don't think Brady's done. Even if he loses a Sunday, I think Brady comes back for at least one, if not two, more years. I agree with that. And I think he's going to play at a high level. I think we might be see Brady play to damn near forty eight years old. To be honest with you, like he's. I know he said 45 years back when we, we scoffed and laughed at it. He's 43 now. I don't see why he wouldn't play to at least 45. And it's not out of the realm of possibility for me to see him play past 45. He's he's that. I don't know what the hell he does in the offseason, but, but but it's not fun. Right? Like, he he's the moment the, the season ends, he starts preparing his body for for the next year. And I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will first thing that they're, they're going to do is they're going to shore up that offensive line in the off season. Mm -hmm. That'll be number one with the bullet. And then essentially you're just adding pieces on the defense. Cause that offense is ready to roll. You give them another off season together, depending on who stays. I don't know if they'll have the complete backfield situation they have right now. Cause Fournette will be a free agent. I believe so he may stay. You never know. Uh, but the receiving core, I believe Antonio Brown will, will come back. I don't think he'll, I think he feels like he's at home and he, and he can be there now, whether or not he stays out of trouble during a full off season, another damn question, but yeah, that, that Tampa Bay team is going to be a Super Bowl favorite next year. And I don't, this year, I still think they're trying to, they're trying to cram for a final exam. And I don't know if they're, if they're hundred percent ready, but. Um, you got to give the edge to Brady, the running backs. You obviously got to give the edge to saints, not just Kamara, but I feel like Latavius Murray would be starting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now. Right. Yep. Receiving core top to bottom. Give me the bucks, but the best receiver on the field is going to be Michael Thomas. So it's almost an even split as assuming Thomas is healthy and whatnot. And and Cook is is a dangerous weapon that they can utilize. And then of course you got the wild card. You got the Taysom Hill in there, right? Yep. And then defense, I've got to give it to the Saints. You've got to. I'll be oh, yeah. pulling for the Bucks, but I think the Saints are, are the are the better team, top to bottom. If you just look at the whole and coaching, pfft, not even close. Yeah. Arians is a clown compared to freaking uh, Sean Payton. Payton. That's what I'm saying. That's what I was talking about with ga uh, game plan. If the, the Saints have the correct game plan, especially defensively, like I said, Tampa Bay will have a long day. I don't, I, and I don't, and you're exactly right about Arians. Who, he is a clown. <laughs> yeah, I hate to say that, but, and that's where I, you know, I, I think coaching is a weakness with Tampa. So, Unless they get that one in a million shot that they find something on the Saints, especially their uh, 
the Buccaneers defense against uh, the Saints offense, I think this might be a long day for Tampa Bay this year. They would never do it, but the best way to improve the Buccaneers in the offseason would be to fire Arians, bring in a defensive coach who understood that Brady ran, runs the offense. Yeah. Brady gets to handpick his coordinator. Brady gets to handpick his quarterback coach, whatever. You are bringing, being brought in to improve this defense and focus on this defense in every other major. You, you can help. You, you can have some say so pregame, whatever. When the, when the, when the boot hits the ball, Brady, for all intents and purposes, is the offensive coordinator. That's the way I would, that's why I would run it. Because I think Brady can figure his way up and down in between the end zones. He can figure out his way up and down the field just fine. He doesn't need you to tell him what play to run. Exactly. He just needs coaches there during the week to because he can't be in six places at once, right? But when the boot hits the ball, take it back to old school. Take it back to when like Marino was under center and he called all of his plays. You know, you don't get that yeah. anymore because it just is what it is with the NFL. But uh take it back to that. I think I think that's what I would do. But they're not gonna do that. So it's just a perfect world scenario. You know one of the guys who's up for a job right now that was going to surprise a lot of people, and they think he's going to get one? Guess who's resurfacing in our lives that's going to be a head coach, it looks like, this year? Marvin Lewis. Oh, Marvin Lewis. Oh, my goodness. Now, there's a lot of belief that Marvin Lewis did a hell of a job while he was in Cincinnati because of the shortcomings of the Cincinnati Bengals organization. And what they have to work with, you got to realize they don't have the facilities a lot of places have, and a lot of other things. And I can see that. I just know that whoever hires Marvin Lewis, it's going to be a hard sell to their fan base because all they're going to know about him is, well, this guy was with them for 15 years, and made the playoffs what once or whatever it was. Uh, that's but that's going to be interesting. But a Marvin Lewis would be a perfect head coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because, like I said, a defensive-minded coach. The problem with Marvin Lewis was he never had control of his locker room, and there were a lot of instances where they had late hits. They had a lot of things that went on when the Bengals were known as a dirty team under Marvin Lewis, and that could trickle on and off the field because when you got guys like Antonio Brown on your roster. Like, that could be yeah. an issue. So that's why I wouldn't want to hire Marvin Lewis as a head coach because I don't think he has the stones to run an organization the way it needs to be ran as far as having clear-cut rules, right? That's where head, head, head coach is your CEO. He can't be – he can't have the mindset of an assistant manager. You need a guy who's going to say, this way it is. If you don't like it, there's the door. We're not even going to argue. Okay, let's move on. You know, but 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 yeah, no no sh no. Sh oh, sh shut up! All right, you know what? Pick up your last check at the door. I I I got no time for you. That's the that's way. Why I would, that's why I, would, I love Vrabel as a head coach for Tennessee. That's his. He does that. He's going to make yeah. dumbass mistakes like not going forward on fourth down yesterday. That that to me cost the game. 
no matter what you want to point to, a million things can can cost you a game, but that costs the game. You put you put Tennessee behind the eight ball. When they get the ball back, there's three minutes. We didn't talk about this last hour, but they get the ball back three minutes. There was there was like no sense of urgency when they came until the, until they hit the two minute warning. So yeah. I didn't even understand that. But anyways, not going to go back to the Tennessee game. Um, <laughs> the but a Vrabel mentality, a Belichick mentality, a guy who's gonna who's going to be your lead guy. Who's going to say this? These are the rules, and you're going to follow it. That's what I have a problem with Marvin Lewis, and we'll see what happens. But that's that's the rumors that are swirling, and there's a lot of jobs out there. I just feel like any fan base that gets them, they're going, oh, oh man, jeez, really, this guy? Like that's what you're going to get. All right, we'll give him a chance, but I don't. It seems like like that smells of like the Chargers or something, right? Yeah. Just, so we're like, all right, let's go all woke and hire him and give him another chance. But good Lord, he's a That's hell of a right. defensive mind, that, 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 but I just don't think he's a leader. He's not a Mike Tomlin where you're like, don't piss that dude off. He looks like he's going to he's, he's gonna chop your head off. I bet you about nine guys get cut this morning by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Whether they know it or not, he, he's written nine names down. because nope, not going to bring you back next year. Not going to bring you. Nope, 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 nope. They don't even know. They, they probably won't know until March. But nine guys got cut this morning for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I guarantee it. That's the guy you need running your team. Yep. I would, I, you know, one guy I would bring in for Tampa, uh, speaking of defensive-minded, I'd bring in Gus Bradley. Yeah. I mean – he gets results. He got, you know, for a while he got results as a DC for uh, San Diego. Granted, they 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 didn't play that well. Bring in him. He runs the defense. He gets that he gets that defense back in shape, and Brady can run the offense. And Gus Bradley is a person who knows how to run a locker room, and he's pretty they much. Ba- uh, they basically need Arians to step back and say, "Look, dude, we're going to make some changes on the defensive coaching staff because we don't like the way it's going." Brady is your offensive coordinator. Quit calling plays. Don't even be involved in that. Um, don't even fall in the game planning. We're going to have an offensive coordinator that's going to – I don't know if they necessarily need a change at offensive coordinator. I think I think Leftwich is fine. But game day, it's Brady's ship. We need to change some stuff. And, look, I know we're, we're talking like Tampa Bay has been eliminated. They very well could win – Sunday. I just don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. So that's Brady's ultimate goal is to win the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. though, how, though how sexy of a match is, would that be for people to get excited for Brady versus Rogers for the, for the oh, NFC God. championship game? Oh, my God. Oh, that would be – the ratings would be through the roof for that one, boy. They, 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 week-long talk, talk, talk. Oh, Brady, oh, they go on and on and on about that. The worst thing that could ever happen to them would be Saints versus Rams. Like, again? <laughs> really? Ugh. All right. Well, put it on Nickelodeon. It'll be it'll be very Marvin Lewis. He like, all right, if you say so. I I mean, I'll give it a try. It's, it's not with Brady versus Rogers. Like, let's go! Come on, let's go! Let's take a super quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little more NFC, the Rams and Seahawks. 
haven't gotten into that one and a little bit of a look ahead to next week we'll be back in a flash here on the armchair quarterback see you in about 60. At Shell, we know from the time you get up to the time you wrap up, Good night. there's a lot of meetups, eatups, and hurryups. So come to Shell and get three things done at once. Fill up with Shell V Power Nitro Plus to help keep your engine running like new. Save up with the Fuel Rewards Program and never pay full price for gas again. And snack up with in-store rewards to save even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell. And engines that continuously use Shell V Power Nitro Plus Premium Gas. And see full terms and conditions at FuelRewards.com. Amazon Prime members now get free grocery delivery with a minimum order. You'll get your groceries with two-hour delivery. So in that time, you can finally figure out where the biblioteca is, learn how to play the acoustic guitar, and I guess get a puka shell necklace. Do a makeup tutorial, but realize halfway, contouring is hard, and you're beautiful just as you are. Whatever it is you're doing with your time, your shopper will be carefully picking out your favorite organic meats, produce, dairy, and snacks while providing contactless delivery to your door. Free two-hour grocery delivery, now with Prime. Cha-cha now, y'all. Cha-cha again. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio. Clap your hands. Fantasy Sports is back, and it's time to jump into DraftKings. Go to DraftKings today at DraftKings.com. Golf, NASCAR, soccer, you name it. And, of course, Major League Baseball, basketball, hockey, and football are on the way. Go to DraftKings.com. Listen to the Armchair Quarterbacks for DFS advice all year round. This is Britney Spears. What up, what up, this Jay-Z. This is Jennifer Lopez. Armchair. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterback. Real quick on uh, what's happening in the world of sports. Uh, Go ahead and lay that on you real quick because I didn't get into this earlier. But a couple of things are happening. First of all, South Carolina's head coach, uh, Beamer, Shane Beamer, is uh, looking at different coordinators. We haven't really talked about this since this happened, but Shane Beamer is going to be the head coach for South Carolina. He is the son of the famous Frank Beamer from Virginia Tech, so keep that in mind. And also wanted to make sure that we run over – Golf did happen this weekend. I don't think a lot of us watched because of the NFL. But Harris English won the Century Tournament of Champions. And that was played out in Hawaii. He finished in a playoff. Uh, he beat out uh, Neiman and Justin Thomas. Chauvelet. Brian De- uh, DeChambeau finished five strokes off, so he finished, in, finished seventh overall. John Ram was also right there with him. And finishing out the top ten, you did have Dustin Johnson and Sergio Garcia. And that's what's going on in the world of sports. So we'll go ahead and kill that. And uh, away we go with that. Uh, did you catch any of the golf, Doug? No, I didn't. Yeah, I'm... I caught bits and pieces. Uh, For once, I would have had a better chance of catching it had it not been played so late. Normally, I would say, that's not a bad idea, putting golf on at nighttime. But, man, yeah, I'm not turning off the NFL playoffs for that. And I'm not, you know, and and, and you know I've got several devices in my house I could watch, but I I would just be burning electricity because there's no way I'm looking over at that when when the NFL playoffs are on. I think they probably miss the boat sometimes 
when they pick the days they they're gonna go. Like if you really wanted to get everyone into this, it's out in why you're essentially kicking off the golf season. Could you not have played it Tuesday through Friday this year, this week? Why not? Yeah. You know, they weren't rushing from other places. If you know if, if they know ahead of time, they could have easily been there. I know it's traditional to do Tuesday, so excuse me, Thursday to Sunday, but when you know you're about to go up against the super wild card weekend of the NFL six games in two days, bro. We had nothing to watch Tuesday, thir- Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I probably would have tuned into a Friday final round, Friday night. You know, you get done with work, you have yourself a cold beer, watch the final, you know, holes of that. But anyways, what the hell do I know? I just watch sports all the time, and I, I'm always dumbfounded by when they put things on. I'm like, I don't feel like you're truly trying to expand your audience. All right. If you want to expand your audience, quit going up against the king. I ain't talking about Derrick Henry. I'm talking about the National Football League. The king, and by the way, the king broke his crown yesterday. 18 rushes, 40 yards. I still say, if you don't get the man 20, 25 carries, you can't complain about his production. Nope. Because it's those last few. He, he, before, before they had totally abandoned the running game, he started to to break a couple of tackles. He he, he had the eight nine yard run that uh, Justin was talking about. They abandoned it, and I just once again last time I'll bring it up. Fourth and two on Baltimore's forty, and you don't go for it. Stupid. And that turns into a field goal. You're lucky it was a field goal because it wasn't for the uh, the the. The terrible offensive pass interference call that I technically it was, but I don't think you call it there. Um, I think Baltimore probably scores a touchdown, puts the game out of reach. The not going for it is telling your offense you don't believe in them. And that it is one thing if this was the Tennessee Titans from early 2000s where you're like, this defense will shut you down. There's no way in hell you're going to be able to make a drive. We're going to pin you deep. We're going to get that ball back. McNair's going to make some magic through the air. This is a different team. You pound that ball. First of all, on third and two, you run the damn thing. And whatever you can't get, Tannehill, I guarantee you can sneak it across. That's just common sense, but they try to be too cute, and I'm not the biggest fan of Arthur Smith. If he gets hired away, I don't think it's the end of the world. He'll come up with some good plays, some good schemes, but in-game management, I think he's I think he lacks. So if you want to hire that guy as a head coach, by all means, good luck, Budzo. That's all I can tell you on that one. Um, okay, so the one game we haven't talked about, one of the more surprising games to a lot of people. I did pick it. I did take the Rams uh, not only on the plus three and a half, but I took them on the money line this weekend. And uh, I thought they were the better team. thought as long as golf was in there playing, uh, I was surprised to see Wofford come out, but then golf goes in and replaces him. So what the hell does it really matter? Um, 
Cam Akers, my boy, did him dirty, man. He did him dirty. He oh, pretty he much did. he pretty much put that game into the Rams' defensive hand into the first half. Yeah. In the first half, by the end of the first half, Cam Akers had over 100 yards total offense. Mm-hmm. And he finished with what? He finished with 176 total. 131. Yeah, he finished 176 total offense. Total, uh, yeah. Cam Akers is going to be the star of that backfield next year. Only took him, what, freaking 14 weeks to figure out he was the best running back on the roster? Idiots. Just idiots. <laughs> Flat out yeah. idiots. I I would be scared to like keep Akers in a in a keeper league because I would be afraid no. that McVeigh would be doing some goofy stuff, right? <laughs> Start Malcolm uh, Malcolm Anderson or whatever. Well, I could never. I mean, how many running backs they got there anyway? They got it's like six running backs because I swear this whole season there was a different one every week. I couldn't keep up with them. I can't trust McVeigh, so I have a hard time. Like, even with the receivers, with Cup and Woods, and with the tight ends, you just never know what the hell McVay's doing. He's a good coach, yeah. but for a fantasy perspective, he makes me nervous to draft guys. He really does. So I'm like, yeah. I don't know about this, man. I go, I'm going to go all in for an entire season, hoping that McVay understands that, you know, it's the it's the Cam Akers show. Because I, I think he's always going to be gun-shy of what happened to Gurley, right, with his arthritic knees and everything. And so whoever he has at running back for the rest of his career, he's always going to be scared to use it much. Now once they had, now once they get in the playoffs is a different story. I'm talking about regular season. Like he, he yeah. wasn't scared to give him 28 carries this past Sunday, but regular season he's gonna he's gonna cut that off at the knees at like 15. And so you, then you're just hoping for him to break one loose. And if 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 a running back doesn't consistently get 20 yard 20 carries a game. It's hard to expect great production, right? Because you're really banking on he's going to break one. But that game, I mean, Seattle. Here's another kicker. You know that Pete Carroll is a free agent. Hmm. No, I didn't know that. And they're not sure he's going to resign. There's talk that he's wanting to leave to have full control somewhere. I'm going to throw a quick prediction out at you. Okay. It goes full circle. Pete Carroll returns to the New York Jets 20-something years later. Oh, man. Remember how bad he was that first time? Yes. Everyone thought thought he was a clown, and he ended up going to college ranks, and Southern Cal fans are like, oh, really? We hired this guy. It's kind of like my take on Marvin Lewis. Mar- Marvin Lewis is going to go somewhere and win a Super Bowl. I'm going to look like a total dumbass. But uh, it's going to be, you know, looking, really, this guy? And then he went to Southern Cal and started cheating like hell and winning and winning even better. And then he yep. and then he parlayed that into the Seattle gig. Uh, there's talk that he's, he's going to go. It's hard for me to believe that Pete Carroll would want to leave – a team that has Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Chris Carson, for that matter, 
He's got a pretty darn good defense that I think he could just shore up in the offseason. I think Seattle could be right there Super Bowl contending. Yeah, they just need new offensive coordinators, what they need. Because Schottenheimer ain't working. <laughs> Brian Schottenheimer ain't working out after watching that game. That was a that was probably one of the worst called offensive games I've seen in a long time. Playoff game, especially. That was that was hideous. That's one of the reasons that Seattle lost. I think Seattle lost as well. I'll, I'll tell you what didn't happen. When well, it didn't help, excuse me. You throw the ball twenty-seven times. You only complete eleven of them. That's Oof. what I'm saying. Oof! It was a bad game by Russell Wilson. Now they uh, and they I, just I, I think that now, now, granted, now granted, the Rams. The Rams defense is elite. So you, yeah. So, so you have to. When when they're playing well and they're hitting on all cylinders, the Rams is good or as good, good as it gets. But man, I don't know. That's a that's a, that's a tough spill. That's a tough pill to swallow if you're a if you're a Seattle fan that you see Russell Wilson go eleven of twenty seven. I don't think I've ever seen him go eleven for twenty seven. That was the first. Metcalf was the only one that did anything. He had five catches yeah. for 96 yards and two touchdowns. But you, you look at the rest of it, and they should have been in this. I mean, I thought the defense played okay. They gave it, they got gashed on the ground in the first half, second half they played okay. But look, Seattle was down 20 to 10 at the half, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They played pretty good defense in the second half. They ended up giving up some points late in the game, but when it's when it's really all said and done, Seattle's offense didn't show up. No, and uh, and I, I I put that on that offensive coordinator Scheitenheimer. I put a lot of blame on that. It was a badly planned game, and he had no adjustments for it. It, it was like they just kept doing the same thing again and again, and hoping it would work. And they didn't adjust to anything that the the Rams defense was doing against them. You know, it was like you know, it's like it was just ridiculous. I'm I'm like, try something, some kind of new play calling. You're not this is not working. And they just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And then yeah, that's why I blame Schottenheimer for it. I blame the offensive coordinator for this loss. If yeah. you're Seahawks, that is. I mean, I I really can't argue with that because The, the thing about the Seattle defense, though, once again, it's just like, look, Tennessee's defense is terrible. So the fact that Lamar Jackson and company won that game, people are going to be like, you're going to hear it all week again. Get ready. Bra brace yourself. It's coming. He's hot. Look out. He's hot. He's doing great. He's hot. Tennessee should have won that game. Tennessee screwed some things up. But anyways, we move on from that. You go to, you go to Lamar Jackson going on the road to Buffalo. I'm not going to say it's out of the realm of possibility for for Baltimore to win, but it won't be through the air. If they win, no. it's going to be because Buffalo can't stop the run game. That's going to be the way it's going to happen. Lamar Jackson is going to go all Lamar Jackson in one of these playoff games because he did it a little bit yesterday where he's, his decision-making still isn't there. He, he made that terrible interception. He was lucky he didn't have about two or three. 
and he missed some wide open receivers. The he you know he didn't interceptions, but they fell to the ground. So when I look at what's what's going on with some of these quarterbacks, you're gonna get you're gonna hear because this ESPN just loves Lamar Jackson. They're and they've got an agenda behind that, but they love Lamar Jackson. They love talking about how great a quarterback he is. He is still a, an extremely athletic, explosive tailback that has a strong arm. He still does. So you're going to be able to scheme him into some issues. When you look at what's left in the AFC, Lamar Jackson's the worst quarterback in the AFC. Yeah. I'll take Baker Mayfield over Lamar Jackson any day of the week. As far as from a passing. Now you can build a game plan. Okay. But if you're just going to drop Lamar Jackson into any offense, Baker Mayfield's a better quarterback. He just is. A lot of people aren't going to like that, but it's true. It's a true statement. I go to the NFC, which is what we've been talking about. I think the Rams are in big trouble because Jared Goff is not going to outsling Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. So that defense is going to have to play a perfect game. I was going to say that defense has to play its best game of the season next week. Can't Absol make any any mistakes or anything. Absolutely. It has to be. I think the Rams can do it because I, I you know, I, as much as they put make Green Bay this kind of like the road to the Super Bowl and the NFC runs through Green Bay, and I understand the statement. I just and it's just a hunch, it's just a feeling. That Rams defense, I don't think it's played its best game yet, and it may peak next week. Well, that's why I like. Well, it they're going to have to. And that's what I'm saying. They're going to absolutely have to. They they can't play. They are going to have to play lights out, and that still might give up thirty points. I well, can't. Time, I can't wait for the. Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams showdown. <laughs> yeah, that'll, well, Jalen versus Devontae. Well, I mean, in my opinion, yeah. that's number one versus number one. It's, yeah, it's, it's the best cornerback in the NFL versus the best receiver in the NFL. And you've got, for this year, the best quarterback in the NFL. He's he's going to win the MVP. Yeah. I think long-term, I think obviously most people would say Patrick Mahomes. But this year, you can't get a better matchup than the Rams' defensive line trying to get to the best quarterback in the NFL and he's trying to get the ball to the best receiver in the NFL versus the best defensive back in the NFL. That's that's all star stuff right there. It's time to yeah, turn yeah. back time and uh, get the hell out of here. So let's go ahead and let's go ahead and hit that as we uh, end another Monday. Remember national championship game tonight, y'all. Speaking of Mr. Marty Schottenheimer. His dad, on this date, 1999, resigns 
from the National Football League as Kansas City's head coach. Of course, to me, he'll always be known as the guy that uh, led the Browns in the 80s. I mean, to me, that's, you know, that's, I don't know about you, but that is the guy to me. Yeah. Uh, also on this date, this is the fa- this is the uh, the anniversary of the famous. I'm trying to find the date on it. Uh, this is the famous date of the uh, Des Bryant catch that wasn't called a catch. Cowboys Packers. Speaking of Packers and playoffs, uh, damn, I had it and I can't, I can't find it. It's a bad job by me. But this is this is the, uh, the the anniversary. I still say that thing is a catch. I did too. I don't. I don't know how you. I don't know how you don't think it's a catch. To be honest with you, I mean, there's still people that that try to say that that wasn't a catch. I don't think there's any way in hell that it's not a catch. Um, here it is, man. That took forever. So five. You know, it's a six-year anniversary. This date. In 2015, and of course the uh, sorry about the delay on that. The uh, the, the Cowboys uh, would lose to the Packers. The Packers would go on to lose. They blew that game. Remember the onside yeah. kick? They blew that game to the Seahawks. And the Seahawks a week uh, the next game against the Patriots would make Malcolm Butler. A multimillionaire, because Steve, because uh, Pete Carroll wouldn't just run the damn ball. Yep. Still can't believe someone wants to hire him to, and he's going to want to run the entire operation. Eh, I don't know, man. He makes some really <laughs> dumb decisions. He's been fortunate to be surrounded by a lot of really talented people. He's a good coach, don't get me wrong. But that was a dumb, dumb decision. In the heat of it, to yeah. try to be cute. What did the great uh, Woody Hayes say from Ohio State? There's only three things that can happen when you throw the damn ball, and two of them are bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Birthdays. It's your birthday today. What does that mean? Now, I did not know this man passed away. It's one of the reasons why I'm bringing this up. He died in 2015, but I thought he was still with us. But born on this date in 1957, Daryl Dawkins. For you little kids who don't remember him, his name was Chocolate Thunder. That dude could throw it down, man. He, he had some of the most violent dunks you'll ever see pull him up on on youtube or whatever i guarantee you you, you know, you're gonna be yep. very very uh entertained by chocolate thunder i remember when i was a kid that was one of the first nicknames i knew i was like i can't believe that that, that, that they call him that because no he gave himself the nickname oh, okay and i guess it's all right i don't know <laughs> you say so but uh it's kind of a, a dead day for uh for birthday, so I'll throw one more out at you. Forty, happy forty-eighth year, uh, year old to ex-baseball 
player, pretty much known for the Mets more than anything else, Ray Ardornez. Remember him? Never, uh, he never lived up to what they thought he was going to be. No. They thought he was going to. By the way, speaking of the Mets, what about that trade? That's huge. That's, that's a big deal. I mean, it was coming, but oh, wow. You think the Mets are going for a World Series this year? <laughs> You're going to know for sure when later this week, I think they're, they're going to get George Springer signed or LeMayhew. It's going to be one of the two. There are reports coming out now that uh, uh, LeMay, LeMayhew is kind of burned out by dealing with the Yankees, and he's ready to move on and uh, start negotiating, else, uh, negotiating elsewhere. Yeah. I can't blame him. I mean, he's done a lot for them for a little. I think he wants some compensation for – such a cheap deal he signed a couple of years ago that he lived past. Yankees have to have the money and the space to pay him. And he just wants that extra year, and they're not willing to give it to him. I think he's going to end up moving on. It's starting to look more and more like it, unless the Yankees finally get their head out of their ass. But man, wouldn't that be wouldn't that be a great Mets off season? You bring in Lindor, you bring in Carrasco, and you get. The guy the Yankees thought they were bringing back, who was one of their leaders, yeah, and they could use oh. a second baseman in, in in New York. I mean, that's that would make them elite. I still say the Mets won't won't they'll figure out a way to met it all up and and uh, they won't win the division. But it looks good on paper right now. What's your walk off, sir? Um, after watching the Cleveland Pittsburgh game, I'm just going to throw this out there. Do you really, in this age of COVID, do we really need to practice before a game? And do you need, does the coach really need to be on the field after what, what Cleveland did to Pittsburgh? I mean, no are you coach. suggesting that, that we just quit practicing and go out there and just roll the ball out there and go? As long as you play in Pittsburgh every week, I guess you could. You got to give a lot of credit to the players and the coaching staff to be able to do all that virtually. Yeah. You know, you got to give a lot of credit to them because they were much more they were more prepared than I think anyone expected them to be I'll, is the best way I can put it. Because, okay, the goofy turnover helped out big. Right. Because it, it gave them a spark. The Steelers looked like they were just shell-shocked. Juju shooting his mouth off saying Browns is Browns. Uh, I'm sure that motivated <laughs> them, but I wouldn't say that that lost them. Again. You know, if, if one statement's no. going to lose you the game, whatever. Uh, the only thing I say to Juju is, you know, maybe keep your mouth shut next time and maybe during the offseason find yourself a speech therapist. Okay, because Browns is Browns just proves you didn't make it through your college ranks. <laughs> The Browns yeah, is Browns tells a lot of people about what's what's rolling around in your skull. I know he's a bright guy, but you know, just come on, come on, guy. You know, uh, but what they did, congratulations to the city of Cleveland. That's that's all I can say. My walk off is national championship game tonight, uh, Alabama versus Ohio State. Roll Tide because I don't want to hear ESPN for the next four months 
tell us how Josh Fields needs to be the first quarterback taken over Trevor Lawrence because he won a college football game and cancel culturing and shaming the Jaguars for not drafting him. That's what they'll have to deal with in Jacksonville. And Josh Fields is not going to be the NFL quarterback that Trevor Lawrence is going to be. It's just not going to happen. No. He may be better than what I had originally thought, but I still think he's a – I'm still seeing – there's too much in these Ohio State quarterbacks where they get in the NFL and they're not accurate. And and Justin Fields, other than that, that uh, Clemson game where – they got no pressure on him. He has not shown me any difference. So there's my walk off. We'll see you tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. Doug, we'll see you next week, man. Uh, and uh, good luck to whoever the hell you're pulling for. Who, who, who is your dog that you're pulling for now in the playoffs? Yeah, uh, actually, I'm rooting for the Rams right now. I just, I just got to. We talked about them early on, and uh, yeah, they're the team I'm just pulling for right now. I don't have one. I mean, I'm, I'm going to pull for the Bucks because they're in Florida, but I don't have one that I'm pulling for hard per se, but uh, I'll get more locked in towards the end of the week. we kind of like to see Buffalo do some things. That would be kind of yeah. neat. Um, and honestly, the winner of the NFC, I'm gonna, probably going to have some kind of nostalgia to pull for when it comes to the Super Bowl. Unless the Rams make it. If it's Brady, Rodgers, or Breeze, there's going to be a part of me that says it'd be cool to see him win one last time. I don't want to see the Chiefs win again. I know you're not pulling for the Chiefs. See you next week, uh, Red Raider Doug. All righty. We'll see you manana, y'all. Have a great day. Four, three, two. Goodbye, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. <laughs> Armchair Quarterback Radio comes your way every day. Find Armchair Quarterbacks Radio on Facebook today. And don't forget to tap that app. The Armchair Quarterbacks app is free to download, and you can take us anywhere you go. You can hear the whole show every day on Armchair Quarterbacks app. you haven't downloaded it yet, the Armchair Quarterbacks app is the best app you can tap today. Google Android, Apple iPhone. That's right, download it, tap that app today. You can take the Armchair Quarterbacks app anywhere. Free to download, free to use, and important to have. Download it today. Tap that Armchair Quarterbacks app. The best in Southeast sports talk. Listen live or catch the replay. I kind of like that.